Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Glory to God. God's Word will change your life. It'll set you on course. You know, one of the greatest things you'll find as you read the Word of God is that God is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. You know, even if you haven't been perfect in your life, is anybody, don't even raise your hand. I'll raise both hands. I've not been perfect. I haven't always done the will of God. And it isn't that I'm trying to be a knucklehead. But, you know, sometimes I just miss it. I'm not perfect. God still loves me. He loves me even when I, you know, I'm off course, you know, whatever. He, he never, never turns the switch off, never ceases to love me and believe in me and, and, and root me on. And that's the same for you. Same for you. So, goodness, if you've been on a performance trip, you know, I mean, good performance, you know, that, that's, that's great. We all want good performance. We don't want to just be lax and, 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 and kick back and, and not do things we know we should. It's all about the motive, though. We're not doing these things to be approved by God. We're doing them because he does approve of us. He does approve of us. I mean, that changes life. Everything changes when, when that becomes your motive. Wow, I, God loves me. You know, that puts a, a zip in your step. I remember when I had the revelation that Dana loved me. I don't think my feet touched the ground for weeks, you know. I was walking around Haiti like, oh, oh Dana loves me. Oh. Well, <laughs> God loves you. God loves you. My goodness, send you into orbit. Wow. All right. We're, we've been uh, going through the book of Proverbs, not going through it verse by verse. But when I say that, what I'm telling you is that, that for a few weeks, we're pulling some messages out of the book of Proverbs. You guys like Proverbs? Yeah. That's a cool book, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Proverbs is like the Twitter of the Bible. <laughs> you know? It's full of just little quips. They, they, he just kind of throws them out there, you know, never much more than a couple lines, and you go, wow, my goodness, that's life-changing, you know? So, I mean, uh, anyway, we've been just going through it and pulling some themes out of Proverbs. You know, this is different for me, too. I'm, I'm probably a New Testament kind of preacher more, but you know what? There's, there's value in the Old Testament. There's God in the Old Testament, there's wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I like to think of it like this, is that we're supernatural beings, but we're living, in the, we're living on the earth. You know, you, you could go through life and not apply any of the wisdom of Proverbs. God could, he'll still love you, and, and you could still go to heaven if Jesus is, you know, you've accepted him in your heart and he's your Lord. You're still going to go to heaven. You may go there quicker than anybody. But there's things that we can apply to life that'll help us here in this earth to live above, to be a good example, to affect people, to even affect our own lives, okay? It doesn't affect God, you know, and his love for you, but it can definitely make a difference in, in your, your life and the life around you, people, people around you. All right, we're going to talk about today something I found in the book of Proverbs, and, and the topic is going to be on friendship. Friendship Sunday. Do, do they do that somewhere? I mean, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to talk about having friends. How many think it's good? Friends are a good thing. You know, um, 
friends are important. And the Bible, you could find it in more than the book of Proverbs, but the Proverbs does talk about having friends. And, you know, there's different people in, in the world, you know. I mean, uh, I remember this. When I got married to Dana, it's going to be like one of those Sundays where I'm going to pull on getting back when we got married, Dana, I think. But, but uh, yeah, if you want to jump up here anytime, feel free. Come on, you can take a mic. But anyway, um, I remember that when we got married, you know, I had been kind of a loner. I'd been down in Haiti for a few years, and, and uh, you know, I had friends down there and stuff. But then I married Dana. I thought, yeah, that's all I need. I'm cool. And, and I remember Dana revealing this to me, that she had a desire to have a friend, like a girlfriend. I said, what's wrong with you? Then you need a, a girlfriend. She goes, do you remember this? Yeah, and, and she says, you know, I just would like someone to talk to. I said, well, duh, come on, what, what, who am I? You know, hey, I'm here. I got ears, I listen. She goes, well, you know, it's just different. I said, really, it's different. And, you know, I couldn't get my brain around that, you know. You know, we were in Haiti there, you know, it wasn't, but anyway, she had a desire to, because I'm just a weirdo. I mean, I just didn't, I could, I, I'm kind of a loner in a, in a sense, I'm, what do people call this? I, I'm not on these big terms, but I'm kind of an introvert. I'm an introvert. I get charged being, you know, alone. <laughs> I do. But I want to tell you something. Even people like me, now that I've lived a little bit, you know, and, and, and I, 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 I've, you know, I, whatever, I, I, I know this that even people like me need friends, need friends. You know, I've said this before, but what would you rather have, a million dollars or a million friends? Well, I'd like the million friends, and I'd like each one to give me a dollar or two. (laughs) The truth is, the truth is, you know what? You really can't have a million friends. I mean, you could have a million acquaintances. You could have, you know, a million uh, people on Facebook you follow, but how many of those do you know? How many of those are you close to? You know, really the truth is, you know, we all probably have three or four, maybe, close friends in life. doesn't mean the other people aren't important. They are too. But people need friends. You know, people need friends. Um, You need to... I, I've got a bunch of stuff in here, but I, as I was standing there this morning worshiping and stuff, I thought of some things I wanted to share first, too, is that, that friendship is important. And I'll give you some scriptures about that. But beyond that, too, you need the right kind of friends. It's important, you know, that, that you hook up with the right kind of people. Someone said this once. I did write this down. It was Dana. You know, I, 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 we found some treasures in the basement we found a bunch of stuff, or at least it was, I didn't know it was there, is that it was a bunch of Dana's sermons that she's preached over the years. So I was reading some of them. And this is a line I pulled from one of her sermons. Maybe she's quoting somebody else. But she said, uh, your destiny will be determined by the books you read and the people you hang with. Your destiny will be determined by the books you read and the people you hang with. You know, as a parent, I was always picky about who my kids hung with. (laughs) 
how did you get in there? <laughs> serious, serious. I, I basically interviewed any boys that wanted to date my girls. Is that true? It is. I interviewed you for three years, I think. <laughs> you know, but you know what we, we did when, when, when our kids were getting older? is we always said we want to have a house where, where kids can bring their friends home, you know, and be the place they hang out. And part of that reason is, can I tell you, I'll be honest with you, be truthful. You expect me to be right? Because mm-hmm. I was checking out the kids. I'd check them out. You know what? That's what parents do. Call me a weirdo, whatever. That's what I do. Check them out. And, and you know what? I, 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 as much as I could, I, I'd sway things. You know something? You got to have as much sense as a parent. You got to choose your friends wisely. You got to choose your close associates wisely. You got to you got to pull into the people that, you know, that are going to fuel your tank, okay? That are going to get they're going to go really they're going the same place as you want to go. Okay? Should you ever have okay, this brings questions. Should you ever have friends that aren't Christians? Anybody want to know what I say? I, I, I think it's cool to. I, I like to. I know this goes, this is going over big. Now, ushers, you've scanned everybody. Nobody brought in rotten vegetables today or anything, right? No, okay, just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> I don't think you should associate and, and be like close friends with more non Christians than Christians. You know, I used to work for a ministry, most of you know that, and a big part of my job was hiring people. For, for our department. And, and it was a Christian ministry. So did you just hire Christians? Actually, no. Sometimes I took joy in hiring people that didn't know Jesus, that were qualified. And you know, I'm really kind of, I'm not in that job, so who cares? They can fire me. But, but uh, I kind of dug watching these people get into an environment where they're being paid to go to chapel, where every day, the first 15 minutes of the day, I taught devotions, and I demanded everybody be there. Can you believe that? First 15 minutes of every day, and then I prayed every day. Now, there's not a whole lot of places, not a places to work around here like that. So I really dug it. And I, I never hired more non-Christians than Christians. I always wanted to have the strength of majority. But I would occasionally hire people that weren't born again because I knew they'd either get saved or they'd quit within a month or two. And they did. They did. If they, some of them, actually, that was more they could handle, and they'd quit. I like it when there's people in my life that don't know Jesus, and they're my mission targets. But on the other hand, let me tell you this. you got to have people in your life that are your close friends that are going the same way you are, that are going to strengthen you, that are going to hold your hands up. They're going to be the, the, the four crazy friends that will take your stretcher and get you to Jesus when you need to get there. Okay? You guys reading what I'm saying? Are you not? not okay. Hey, this is, this is on Proverbs. I'm shooting from the hip, you know. I'm just telling you things. All right. In Amos 3.3, 3, it says this. 
It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? In, in the, the scheme of life, your very close friends and associates, they, the, you know, I'm talking about like those three or four that are just your, your, your besties or whatever they call them. What do they call them? BFFs or, I don't know, I get dangerous with these letters and things. But, but you know what? You need to hang, those people need to be people that are going the way you're going. They need to be people that if you're in trouble, you go to them and they're going to pray for you. They need to be people that when, when you know, you're, maybe you're getting off track, they're going to tell you the word. They're going to be able to speak into your life. You know, God made it. You know, we'll have to talk to him about it, why he did this. But he made it so that we just don't live this earth as, as loners. Even people like me, like I said, I need other people. You need other people. There's, I don't know, there may be a song like that. I will not sing it. But it is a truth. We need people. If life was a puzzle... It's the other people in your life that have the missing pieces to that puzzle that make it clear. Okay? Oh, all I need is God. Well, there's a truth in that, but I'm telling you what, God will speak to you through your close friends. He'll use the people, your close friends in life, to, to rub against you and shape you and, and make you the kind of person that you need to be. If you don't have people that are, 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 you know, close friends in your life, okay, we're going to talk about that in this message of how to have them. But, but, but if you don't have them, I mean, it's, it's hard to rise up and be everything God wants you to be. All right. Oh, preach it, Pastor Paul. You go for it. Yeah. All right. Here's one in Ecclesiastes. This is kind of close to Proverbs. It's one book away. Solomon. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If one falls, the other one will lift up his fellow. But woe to them who's alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. That's wisdom, okay? Two are better than one. If one guy falls, there's someone to pick them up. How many ever have been picked up in life? You know, I don't mean, uh, you know, whatever. You know what I mean by that. <laughs> You've been lifted, been lifted. All right, Proverbs 18. thought this was about Proverbs. You're going to get over to Proverbs? Well, you know how I roll. <laughs> Proverbs 18. Proverbs is so cool, it actually tells you how to get friends in your life. I've been in times, you know, that I haven't had friends. I remember even when Dane and I moved back from, uh, from Haiti, you know, and I was starting to get the revelation that Dana was telling, you know, how we needed friends, and I desired to have friends by that time too. And, you know, we really didn't have friends. And so we believed God for friends. We asked him, bring people into our lives. And then it got to be we had so many friends we didn't know what to do, you know. Lord, help, help, ha, ha. No, but God will answer prayers. When I first got born again, you know, back in the 70s, all my friends ran for me, you know, at that point in life. And, and I don't know if they literally did, but it seemed like that for sure. Some literally did. Some literally hid when I came rolling down the street because they thought, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I heard he got religion. You know, I, didn't, I never got religion. I want to make that clear. I, I repel religion. I don't like religion, okay? 
I like relationship with God. Okay? But, but I remember, you know, being alone when I first got saved. And it's funny, I knew that would happen. You know, how you ever have that go on? Like I kind of contemplated getting born again. And I, I somehow I knew that when I did, they'd run like crazy, you know? Anyway, I remember praying and asking God for friends, you know, at that time in my life. It was even before you, Dana, you know? And, and, you know, can I tell you this? Sometimes friends will come to you and they're not what you expect. Sometimes people will come into your life and, and I'm telling you, they're not what you thought the friend was going to be. Okay? Now listen to the, what, make sure I clarify on this, is that, that I'm telling you this, don't judge by, the, by, the, by a book by its cover. Don't judge it by what you preconceived the friend was going to be like. You know, because some of the friends that God brings in your life, at first you think, well, that wasn't what I was thinking when I asked you for a friend. <laughs> they turn out to be the very gems that will be with you your whole life. Yes. They turn out to be the very ones that when things are going bad, they're by your side. Okay? So this is all good. I'm just throwing these things out here, okay? But this is what friends like. I, I remember Dana. Can I tell your story, Dana? Dana was in this kind of a situation when she got born again. And she, uh, friends meant everything to her when she was growing up. You know, I know her dad would testify to that. She's always like wanted, you know, she had friends. And they're always, you know, the cool friends, you know, in high school and all that. And cheerleading squad. Oh, yeah. Woo, ha. <laughs> And 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 then she got born again, and and she she um, she didn't have any friends, and she had in her head the kind of friend she wanted, and 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 uh, she was she was just kind of venting it one day to this girl that was 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 in her life, saying, "I just need a friend." And this girl looked at Dana and said, "Well, Dana, I'll be your friend." And in her mind right away, tell me if I'm wrong, but Dana said, well, that wasn't, I wasn't thinking of you. <laughs> but God, God basically rebuked Dana, you know? You ever been rebuked by God? I have. And, and uh, he said, listen, I brought this girl into your life. And Dana, you know, she heard God and she, she opened it up. And this girl turned out to be the most tremendous blessing in Dana's life, and still is. Not as close as back then, but still, the kind of person that if you got together with, even though you hadn't seen him in 10 years, it'd be like no time had passed. You, you got friends like that? We went to pick up Helen uh, from Estonia. Remember Helen that came here, buddy? I don't know what it was, a year, last year maybe? And we hadn't seen Helen since she was a young girl in her 20s, and she lived with us for a summer in 90s. late 90s. And, and she... Um, I don't know, was it two or three months? I don't know. She lived with us for a while. And her husband came the last portion of the stay, was here for a couple of weeks, and he was a Russian guy. Didn't speak a lot of English. I like to pick on him because I'd say, his name was Ollery. I'd say, well, Ollery, what would you like to, to have for dinner? He'd look at me and he'd say, meat, meat. <laughs> what would you like for breakfast, Ollery? Meat, meat. <laughs> he knew the word meat and he loved meat. And he would. He'd, I'd get up in the morning, he'd be eating a cheeseburger, seven in the morning. It's like, I got oatmeal. Meat. 
He's got more than that. He's learned much more English. But but I remember we, we went to pick up Helen, you know, hadn't seen her in a dozen years or so. And, and, and you know, she's, she's married, got kids now. And, and, but she was here in America last year uh, for a brief time, a couple weeks. And, and we went to pick her up at the airport. And my goodness, we, we ran into her and Dana and I. And, and were you with Casey? Yeah, Casey was with too. And, and, and um, it was like no time had passed. It was, it's like a supernatural relationship. It was like, like I dropped her off yesterday. And, and you know, she had, it was cute. She had like a bucket list for coming to America. And, and it took me a while. I'm kind of slow sometimes, but it took me a while. But all the things on her bucket list were things that Dana and I and the girls had done with her 12 years ago. You know what her bucket list was? Having a bagel with cream cheese. And I said, well, we'll go to Panera. No, no, the kind you bought in the grocery store. She wanted, you know, whatever you buy in a dairy case, you know. She wanted that. And then she wanted to go to Taco Bell. Taco <laughs> Bell. I said, Helen... We could take you to Chipotle or something. No, no, Taco Bell. Because, you know, we, li- we used to live by a Taco Bell. You know, we were like in a mile of two of Taco Bell. So when she lived with us, I'm sure we ate Taco Bell three, ni- three out of seven nights a week, you know. I want Taco Bell. Friendships. Friendships. All right, I got to get back up here or I'm going to miss my whole message. You guys do this to me. Ha, ha, ha. Proverbs 18.24, this is what it says in the Proverbs. It says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. You know, when I read that, it's like I have a what about Bob moment when I read that. You ever see that movie, What About Bob? There's a point in the beginning when he's talking to the psychiatrist and he's talking about his ex-wife and he blames his ex-wife leaving because he, he describes that, that there's people in this world that like Neil Diamond and people that don't. And, and then he realizes that the doctor starts talking to him because he was pinning it all on his wife and he goes, oh, ow, ow. You mean you're saying that I could have had something to do with it? So I read this proverb that says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Whoa. You know what that says? We can all have friends. We just need to show ourselves friendly. Show ourselves friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's good news too. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk about three things you can do to have friends. All this stuff I said before is, hey, choose wisely. Choose wisely your friends, you know. You guys are valuable and precious. I'm talking to a room that's full of treasures here, okay? You know, I know, I, I know most of you guys, and, and you're all good friends. You're all treasure kind of, you know, finds for people, okay? But you want friends in life? Here's some things that, that you need to, to do to be friendly, to, to incorporate this stuff. Here's one, is be loyal. You want to be a good friend? then you need to incorporate this characteristic in your life, this character of being loyal. I love this story about this football coach from Baylor University. And I read this in a book by Zig Ziglar called uh, See You at the Top. And, And I remember reading it about 20 years ago or whenever the book first came out. And he talks about this football coach that was at Baylor University 
and, and uh, he'd been there for, he was coming up on his third season. And, and uh, he'd had the first two seasons, you know, they weren't that winning of seasons, you know, but this guy had great hope and expectancy for the coming year. And as it turned out that next year, they, they won the championship, okay? And it was like the first time in whatever, 100 years or something. But anyway, so he was right on the brink of this winning season. And, and uh, he, he was talking with his assistant coach, and he says, you know, before the season starts, let's, let's go hunting. He says, I got this friend that's got a farm, and he's offered us to come up and just go hunting on his land. And he says, let's go up there. And so, so they, they get in the truck, and they go out to this farmer's place, and they, they pull up to the, the farm, and, and, and the coach says to the assistant, he says, just, just wait here by the truck, and I'm, I'm going to go talk to the farmer, and, and I'll be right back. So the coach walks up to the door, and, you know, and the, the farmer comes to greet him, and the farmer's just elated that, that this coach and his assistant are there to hunt on his land. And he says, you know, he, the farmer says to the, to the coach, he says, you know, I know you've had a couple rough seasons, but he says, I want you to know that I have faith in you, and I have faith in the team, and I believe we're coming into one of our greatest victories. And he says, I'm so happy to have you here with us. He says, I just want you, when you're done hunting today, I want you to come home and eat with the family. We'll have a great meal, and it'll be good. And the coach is just sitting there, you know, he's overwhelmed with the, the hospitality that he's shown. And, and the coach says, well, man, if there's anything we can do for you, he says, just let me know. Farmer says, well, actually, there is something you can do for me. He says, we've got this old mule been in the family for 20 years and it's it's come down with this sickness and it's in pain and 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 frankly you know it's like part of the family and you know my wife and I neither one of us have the heart to go out there and shoot it but it needs to be put out of its misery he says you know you got your rifles there in the truck he says it's just 50 feet from where you're parked Do you think you could just go shoot the mule he says just leave it there the county will come and pick it up and you know that's all I'm asking and the coach says well absolutely I'll do that for you and, and so the, the coach goes back out to the truck and sees his assistant standing by the truck. And as he's walking to the truck, he has a, a brainstorm hit him. And, you know, this is a dangerous thing. You know, I can relate to the coach because if I get these things, it's dangerous too. So, you know, the coach gets a scowl on his face. He bites his lip to the point where there's a tear in his eye. And he gets up to the assistant and he's shaking his head. And he goes, I just don't get it. I'm, I, I tell you, that guy just ripped me up one side down the other. He told me to get, we need to get off his land. And if we don't get off his land immediately, he was calling the law. They were going to come and have us arrested. He said that we were the worst excuse of coaches he's ever seen. And as long as we were at Baylor, they'd never win a season. This is what the coach said to the assistant. The assistant says, oh, man, that's terrible, coach. And the coach, you know, continuing his rant, he says, well, you know what? I've got half a mind to just grab my rifle and shoot his mule right here on the spot. Well, the assistant says, coach, no. I mean, talk about trouble with the law. You shoot his mule, they'll become, they'll arrest us. Don't do that, coach. Coach says, I've had it. I've just heard enough of these people bad-mouthing our school and us. He grabbed his rifle, and he put it in the sights. And, you know, he, he squeezed the trigger, and as he squeezed the trigger, he heard two more gunshots. He turned around, and the assistant comes up, and he says, Come on, get in the truck. we got to go, because i got two cows as well. <laughs> you see... That's loyalty. <laughs> you want to be a good friend? Pe 
people are looking for people that are going to be loyal to them, you know, that are going to stand with them through thick and thin. Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says, Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but a faithful man who can find. See, loyalty is being true to your friends even when it's unpopular. Even when people, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's going against the grain. People, you know, John... Disciple John is a great example of loyalty. When Jesus was being crucified, I'm not going to read this, but I'm, uh, it, I'm taking this right out of John 19, 26, and 27. All the disciples, you know, they'd left. Nobody was there. No friends were there. But John was there when Jesus was crucified. And, 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 uh, Jesus looked down from the cross. One of the very things he said is, take care of my mother. He gave that to John. You know why? Because he was a loyal friend. I personally believe one of the reasons John was so loyal is he had an absolute, absolute revelation that he was loved. You know? He knew that. And I tell you, he just he stood by him. It, it works both ways, but... But loyalty is standing by your friend even when everybody else has ran. Even when it's not popular. Even when, you know, it's not cool. Proverbs 19, uh, 22. says, That which is desired in a man is loyalty. This is the Amplified. Is loyalty and kindness. And his glory and his delight are his giving, but a poor man is better than a liar. There you go. Twitter, Proverbs. Um, but what's desired in a man is loyalty and kindness. You know, one thing I'm just going to say about loyalty is this too. When you're loyal to someone, even when um, you got a beef with them, you go to them and not everybody else. You bring your beef to them and not everybody else. Loyalty, too, you know, I'm going to say this. I'll take my liberties here. Loyalty is, a, is like love in that it believes the best in other people, even when it doesn't look like, like you should believe it. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, Jay New, Pastor Jay New, you know, he, he was here month ago or so on a Sunday. But before that Sunday, Dane and I had a, a lunch date scheduled with him in, at, at, in Baldwin. And we'd made this, you know, weeks in advance. We said, hey, let's get together and have lunch. And, and um, he believes in us more than I believe in us, I think. <laughs> anyway, 12 o'clock, we were going to meet at 1 o'clock. Well, at 12 o'clock, he showed up at the restaurant. 12.05, we weren't there. And, and, and uh, you know what his text was? He says, I have it all wrong. I've got it all wrong. I thought it was 12 o'clock, but it's 1 o'clock. And he told us when we got there, he says, when, when it got to be a few minutes after 12, he says, my first thought was, I must have misunderstood the, the message because I know Paul and Dana are never late. We were late. I mean, it was, it was 12.30. It was one, in fact, we got there at 12.40 maybe. He was there at 12, but he didn't sit there and think, where's Paul and Dana? I can't believe it. We haven't seen each other in years. 
and, and, and they're not here, and I'm here. I drove all the way from wherever, Minneapolis. Now his first thought was, I must have got it wrong. They're not here. It's 12, 12, few minutes after 12. They're never late. I must have made a mistake. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's loyalty. That's walking in love. That's believing the best in other people, even when it doesn't look like you should. That's good stuff for friends. All right. Um, give you a couple others. Proverbs 17, 17. It says this, A friend loves at all times, and is, this is the Amplified again, and is born as a brother for adversity. Uh, the Living Bible says, A true friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. See, a friend has got it something in them that when a time of need comes, it's like they're born for that, to be there with you. You guys with me? Yes, that's good. All right, a couple, couple more points I'm going to get to. I rambled so long in the beginning, I used up all my time. But I'm still going to give you these points, okay? Being a good friend, Proverbs says you want to have a friend, well, be friendly. So how do you be friendly? How do you get friends? How do you be a person that's going to be a friend magnet? One, be loyal. Two, be positive. You know what? You want, you want to be a good friend? Learn to be positive, Okay? You know, you don't want to be dumping trash on people <laughs> consistently and, and expect that to be a, tr- a great friendship, okay? Huh. I know, I'm really meddling today, okay? All right, Prover- I'm going to give you a bunch of them. Proverbs 16, 28, Message Bible says, Troublemakers start fights and gossips break up friendships. Ouch. Uh, 17.9, Living Bible. We've got a few versions. It says, love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them will part even the best of friends. Amplified, he who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or harps on a matter separates even close friends. You know what harping is? I think it's like playing the same note over and over and over and over. That'll separate friends. Ow. Okay. Message Bible, overlook an offense and bond a friendship, fasten on to a, a slight and goodbye friend. New Life Version, he who covers a sin looks for love, he who tells of trouble separates good friends. Now, and one more, 2019, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. That's the NIV. All right, so I said here, a good point in being a good friend is to be positive. Now, you know, I love the movie Pollyanna, too, but I'm not really advocating that you should be Pollyanna, either. I, I think you should be real, okay? But you need to have a meter on yourself. And if all the things you're saying when you're hanging around, you know, if I'm having coffee with Stephen here, and every time we get to there, all I do is dump on him, even if it's not about him that I'm dumping on, that's negative. And that's wearing on any human being. The only person that'll put up with that is your dog. <laughs> Maybe not the dog? Okay. Maybe not. There are, there are limits for everything. You know, and it talks about gossip, and I know the context could be taken that you're gossiping about your friend, but I want to tell you this, that even gossip when shared with your friend is wearing. It's wearing. And it, it breaks down trust. Because whenever people gossip about another person, 
inevitably the thought comes to the person's mind, I wonder what they're going to say about me. Ah, what are we talking about? We're talking about wisdom for life. Is it okay we talk about some of these things? In church, Jesus still loves you. He loves everyone. You know, man, boy, I feel dumb right now. I gossip to my friend all week. And all. Jesus still loves you. And you know what? We're all working at this. There's nobody's perfected everything, okay? Nobody has. But the first thing is, is being aware and asking God for help. All right, can I give you one more? Well, at least one person. Oh, I want to I just say this too. One more thing, you know, just about, you know, like sharing negatives. And I know sometimes people need a human ear. But here's a, here's a real key that'll help you. And, and I'll give you the scripture after I tell you what it is. Is the way that you can keep from being negative, because I know people, people living on planet Earth, you know, there's a certain amount of drama that we all get confronted with, Okay. And, and I understand that people go through hard times, and, and obviously, sometimes you need a friend to talk to. But here's a, way, here's a way that you can keep from being a drain on other people. Anybody want to hear it? Oh, wow, everybody wanted to hear it today. <laughs> All right, so we're going to say it right in church. Um, here, here's what the deal is, is when you're going through drama, pour your heart out to God, Okay? Pour your heart out to God. When you take the time to pour your heart out to God, there is like a cleansing that happens in your heart and your soul. And you go away from that, a different person. David was a master at it. How many think Damo, da, da, not Dana, Dama, David, <laughs> David, D-A-V-I-D. How many think David was confronted with drama in his life? I mean, how many think it would be drama if, you know, you're, you're hanging out at your friend's house and, and his dad takes a spear and throws it at you? I think that's, that classifies as drama. That would probably hit the Facebook wall. Uh, maybe not, I don't know. But, but anonymously. But, but David dealt with drama, but he was a master at going to God. And sometimes you'll read a psalm and he's like so full of Hurt and everything at the beginning, but he dumps it all out on God, and by the end of it, he's shouting the, the victory. Yeah, what a thing to do. What a thing to do. God always has an ear for you. And in, in, in Psalm, Psalm 62, 5 through 8, it talks about this very thing I'm saying. Pouring your heart out before God, because God is a refuge for us. Hallelujah. Okay, here's the third thing I'm going to give you. So number one, I said, is be loyal to your friend. Number two is don't be negative all the time. And number three, this is a really big one, is learn to be genuinely interested in other people. <laughs> be genuinely interested in other people. All right, got a couple scriptures here. Proverbs thirty thirty two. King James says, if you've done foolishly in lifting up yourself or have thought evil, lay your hand upon your mouth. Philippians 2, verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. 
Proverbs 25, 27. It's not good to eat much honey and for men to search their own glory is not glory. I remember when I was a new Christian and I worked for that ministry, you know, and, and uh, we had break time every day and it was great because we had a kitchen staff that made, made good desserts and things for us at break time. But you know how many know break times are more than just food and, you know, good muffins and all that? It's fellowship. So I looked forward to break time. I was a new Christian and, and you know, God was constantly doing things in my life and showing me things. And I remember this one day, I had just had a great experience the night before with God and he'd show me something. I was kind of eager to get the break and just kind of spill the beans to the crowd, you know, to the gang and say, whoa, man, check this out, you know. That's kind of how my attitude was. I was kind of skipping up the steps, ready to grab my coffee and get, get my stuff. And I remember I sat down at the table and some other people had experiences that they wanted to share. <laughs> and they were really important to them. And you know how quick 15 minutes goes by? It's like, and I sat there the whole time. And, and I, I, I was ready to share, but it never came up. And I walked away frustrated like, man. But you know, the, some of the people that are at the table, they actually looked at me and they said, thank you for listening to me. And, and I didn't feel like I was that great a listener because the whole time I was thinking about how I could share my great thing. <laughs> but God talked to me about that. And, and he said, you know what? You, you, you did have a great thing, but they needed to hear. You, you, they needed you to hear what they had. People need you to listen to them. People need you to listen to them with not always thinking about the way you can squeeze in what you want to say. Do you ever do that, Pastor Paul? Yeah, I do that. But I'm working at it. I'm working on it. Talking about how to, how to have friends. How do you have friends? Well, you be a friend. How do you be a friend? Well, be loyal. Don't go around being negative all the time. If you're being negative all the time, basically you need to spend some time with God. And you need to pour your heart out, pour the drama out to Him because He'll lift you up like nobody can. And then be interested in other people. Be a good listener. James says it great. I'll end with this. James 1.19. He says this. Be quick to hear and be slow to speak. Isn't that, isn't that wow? Doesn't that sum it up? Quick to hear and slow to speak. Wow. What do you say to that? This is what I say. Lord, help me. <laughs> help me, Lord. Because <laughs> I don't have that stuff in my flesh either. But you know what? God can help all of us. That's the thing with the word, man. When you see these things in the word, don't get all condemned and feeling down and bedraggled and, oh, my goodness, how am I going to ever rise up that? No. Put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on God. And know this, that in yourself you're nothing, just like I'm nothing. But in him we can do all things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.